Hello, welcome to today's FBA podcast. We are joined today to talk about the professional year with Tim Manwaring, who has recently just completed his PY year with Eureka Whitaker-McNaught and Greg Cook, who supervised him through his professional year. We're going to be talking about the process, what you need to do, the skills you need to develop, how to engage with clients. And so I'd like to welcome Tim and Greg to today's podcast. I might just start with you, Greg. Do you want to just introduce yourself to the listeners? Great, Ben. Good to be here. Yeah, my name's Greg Cook. I run Eureka Whittaker-McNaught. So I've been in the industry and now profession since the early 90s, since the early days of the FPA. We're a firm that's based in Sydney and uh, Brisbane. We've also got an office in Parramatta and on the central coast of New South Wales. We've got eight planners at the moment. And yeah, I guess the reason for being here is probably more as an accidental tourist rather than anything planned. I supervised the first advisor in Australia to go through the professional year, Harry Baker, and I've subsequently supervised Tim Mainwaring, who's also with us today. Great. Uh, Tim, can you just introduce yourself to the listeners? So I work as a financial advisor at Eureka Whittaker McNaught. I completed a double degree in commerce and applied finance at Macquarie University. Post leaving university, picked up a role at one financial planning firm, started off my graduate diploma of financial planning, and then moved over to Greg's firm about two years ago. From there, completed the diploma and then started my professional year under Greg. Earlier in March this year, I completed my professional year and am now a fully fledged advisor. Congratulations, Tim. That must be very exciting for you and fulfilling to have gone through that journey and come out the other side. I mean, when you look back at the journey, it it was decently long in length, but obviously it was a rewarding experience and certainly learnt a lot from Greg in the past two years working under him, both from a professional year point of view, so understanding the soft skills involved in financial advice with clients. On top of that, also getting to learn from Greg, sort of the business side of his running a small business and how to grow your career, both through your brand and also getting an understanding of how businesses make profits and how they return those profits to shareholders as well. Well, I think you've stumbled onto the right mentor there from that perspective. Greg, you mentioned that you took the first PY planner through the process in Harry. Why did you decide as a business to take on that PY responsibility? As I say, I'd like to sort of reflect back and think it was just part of a brilliant plan and wanted to be the um, the first supervisor, but was more being an accidental tourist. I know in 2018, a lot of firms rushed through new advisors. I think there was a couple of thousand that went through then so as to avoid the extra requirements, including the professional year. Harry Baker, the planner who did complete the first professional year, he was based out of our Brisbane office and we had a bit of succession going on in our business, especially in the Sydney office. And um, he'd been client services uh, role and also for about 12 months as a para planner in our business. And it made sense for his career path to to come to Sydney and complete the professional year under my uh, supervision. So that just happened to be in the January, February of 2019, just after the professional year requirement had, had begun. And we were licensed through Financial Wisdom, which no longer exists. I was part of the Commonwealth Bank. And then midway or the latter part of that year, we um, transitioned across to uh, Fortnum Private Wealth. So... Harry was also a little bit unique in the, the licensee role. Well, firstly, by definition, it was a new responsibility to every licensee. And so it actually took a couple of months to get that process properly underway. I think he spent about 
15 months doing the 12 month professional year, but that was no fault of his. But as I say, it also involved a transition in licensee during that time. And do you think that experience of going through client service type roles and power planning roles is important in that PY journey? Or do you think it's possible for somebody to come out of university and move straight into that PY? I guess it's possible for the latter, but I would suggest it'll be uncommon for somebody, let's say, completed three or four years of study in their early 20s to sort of leap straight into the PY and becoming, you know, a, a an advisor out on their own at age 22 or 23 would probably be possible, but but not common. There's, as we know, there's lots of moving parts and providing financial advice is highly regulated in Australia. And yeah, getting the maturity and learning the skills of dealing with clients and the implementation of changes and the creation of advice documents is very important part of the role. So I think the traditional role of client services, para planning, professional year, and then individual advisor uh, is probably the career path that's going to continue. And just reflecting on your process of coming in, Tim, did you find that doing that pre-work in client service type roles and paraplanning roles helped when you actually got to the PY experience? 100%. So client services just gives you a good understanding of the paperwork involved in the financial advice process. Um, I think in university degrees and also the diploma, you get an understanding of financial planning but until you start doing power planning, you don't really understand the strategies that are involved in year-to-year advice for clients, whether that's investment-related or strategy-related. From there, you're sort of in a position where you've worked on your skill set and you're confident in your technical ability, but then you need a mentor, in my opinion, to sort of teach you the soft skills of financial advice. So obviously, you can be technical, but if you don't have a good client advisor relationship and those soft skills, you're not going to create good value for the client and they're not going to probably trust you as much as they need to. So I think there's been a lot of synergies for Greg and I by working together. There is no doubt in our industry, there is some advisors leaving the industry due to the additional regulation and paperwork involved in advice. And by having Greg and I work as a team, if Greg's also running the business, he couldn't keep up with all that paperwork as well in a workday. So it kind of works both ways. I can still do some of that grunt work and make sure that all the file noting's completed, power planning, quest forms, et cetera. And then I also get to learn his soft skills and how to talk to clients. Tim, have you had to overcome any reservations or concerns with clients about you going through the PYU? I think obviously having a strong mentor alongside you and with Greg's introduction about my skill set, I think that was very important. So the client didn't think I was sort of just coming straight out of uni, like I had experience in financial planning. I understood sort of the back end of financial advice in terms of strategies and the documents. So I think a good introduction from the advisor certainly helped. I think you might get reservations from clients if you come in too heavy or you try to talk too much in the meeting and sort of having a 50-50 rule where you make sure you're letting the client talk about their goals and objectives and what's important to them instead of trying to go into solution mode straight away with the client. I think that's really helpful. That's one of those important skills to learn to not fill the dead space. You've got to give the clients time to, to answer those questions themselves. And between the two of you, what kind of preparation do you kind of do before you go into the appointment so that you're not talking over each other, you're, you're ready for whatever's going to be thrown up at the conversation, making sure the client's comfortable with everything going on? I guess because Tim and I have continued to do joint client meetings, even in the 
six months now that he's completed the professional year because for a number of reasons we find it an efficient way of working so we've become a pretty good duo i suppose so that the preparation is fairly minimal if it's a a fresh client, potential client to the business and we're doing a discovery meeting. We have the client partly complete the fact finder prior and we've got a process that we follow. If it's an existing client, then we tend to know what the potential strategies are and the issues prior to the meeting. So often as well as the email exchange, it's often just a five minute chat prior to the meeting. And at the moment, 99% of those meetings are via uh, Zoom and as a lot of advisors have found that sort of format actually makes it reasonably good in terms of controlling the agenda and getting through a structured meeting uh, with a client. I'd also add though I was actually surprised with Harry and Tim that most clients even that are retirees or even elderly clients are actually very accepting of a young advisor. They respect when you spend the first couple of minutes of the meeting introducing the professional year candidate and their qualifications and why the professional year has been part of taking us from an industry to a profession. It actually can be really explained in a positive manner and most people are actually They know they were young once and new in a role and and they have a lot of empathy and they respect our business for bringing people through. You know, a tradie type uh, retiree, then they've had apprentices or they've been an apprentice. If it's a professional person that they've, you know, as a business owner, one of the greatest bits of satisfaction is is being able to look back and sort of know that you've helped a whole bunch of people on their career path over the years. The other thing I'd add as well, as Tim alluded to, it's not necessarily the young professional year person has all the technical skills and the, the grey-headed girl in their mid-50s has all the soft skills. There's lots of practical technical skills that come out of having given advice for 30 years and you now a, a spouse passes away and you know handling the death benefits and just the sort of practicalities and, and the maturity to sort of go through that. And even, you know, pre-retirement and retirement strategies, there's a whole bunch of, you know, you've got clients at different age brackets and, you know, maximising Centrelink and so on that uh, an advisor, whilst they've probably studied that, or they've certainly studied that, they haven't really had much experience in, in implementing it. And so there is an element of technical learning from the older advisor as well. And how have you found the clients from your side, Tim? So as Greg said, very responsive. I think having the combination of both of us in the meetings certainly helps which allows a bit of killing two birds with one stone. So if you have the advisor talking about it as a strategy, so Greg, and then I start to talk about the strategy, we can sort of bounce ideas off each other. And I think the clients respond to that well because it looks like two people are thinking about them and considering the strategies and it's showing the amount of in-depth knowledge required with the strategies. Uh, so I think I found that pretty rewarding. And then in terms of getting an understanding of the client's I think having Greg's knowledge of the clients, so they might have been clients with Greg for 20 or 30 years, he sort of understands their personality traits and their history of financial advice and also their general life experiences they've been through. And he can pass that knowledge on to me prior to the meeting. So I have a bit of an understanding of the client and who they are, which certainly helps compared to if I was just going to a meeting by myself and I never really knew the client. And so on a practical basis, you've got a couple of quarters that you need to go through and, and there's different tasks that you need to do. Can you go through the process? I understand there's a logbook. Um, how does how does that side of things work? So there's obviously two main hour requirements. So firstly, there's the 100 hours of structured learning. I, mean, I primarily completed that through CAP plan 
Um, and then there was also some licensee sort of CPD activities throughout the year. And then on top of that, you've got the 1500 hours of supervised learning throughout the four quarters. Some people, I guess, might find that a bit confronting seeing that 1500 number. However, in reality, in most 40 hour work weeks, that's sort of like a year. So it worked out to be about a year that it took me. And sort of early on in the first two quarters, sort of sitting back a bit more in the meeting and just getting a really good understanding of how Greg conducts financial planning meetings, talks about strategies with clients, and again, building my power planning skill set and understanding of advice documents. In addition to that, completing the FASIA exam, which is again, another opportunity to develop your technical skill set. And what sort of process did you go through for recording the activity? So I managed Excel spreadsheet for each of the quarters. What I found is whilst you obviously have to keep an update on individual activities you complete, a lot of the financial planning sort of steps or jobs that you have to do each day are very similar for each client. So it might be a file note or a fact find or a power planning request form. It was more just a case of reviewing it at the end of each work week and just making sure you had a good understanding of what you did for each client. But again, the tasks are very similar for each client which made the record keeping a lot easier. And then do you have a process at the end of the week or end of two weeks or end of the month or something where you and Greg got together and talked about the log and what had gone on during the week? I managed the log primarily myself and then always updating it at least at the end of each week, ideally each day if you could, and then sort of catching up with Greg throughout each month. And then on top of that, catching up with your licensee at the end of each quarter reflecting on the activities you completed and what you learned in that quarter. And Greg, from the business side, did you have to change much or put different processes in place to manage someone going through a PY? No, we were very conscious about the commerciality. So I spend about 50%, maybe 60% of my time as a planner and the rest in in running the the business. And so, as Tim alluded to earlier, there's lots of... uh, Grunt work, for want of a better term, the foot soldier work of compiling the filing notes, some of it during the meeting and, and some directly following the meeting and, and doing a lot of the prep for, for the power planner. But yeah, we, we've actually punched out about 40 meetings per month. Firstly, you know, my time with Harry and then uh, my time with Tim. So but I think that's way, or I'm, I'm sure it's way above average for a single planner. And the reason we've been able to do that is, you know, we've worked well as a duo and yeah just back to a point tim made earlier i think it's often good that there's areas that aren't black and white in terms of strategy and ideas with a client and if tim and i are sort of bouncing ideas of the pros and cons of strategies and so on in a client meeting i think that's a healthy thing i'm always using the the medical analogy i said to tim the other day it's a little bit like if you've uh, got a major health problem and you're going in for surgery and you've got two medical specialists standing at the end of the bed talking about you know the pros and cons of different approaches you don't want them looking at each other going gee we've uh, we've never done one of these before but um, you, um, you, you are happy for them you know to explore the different strategies that can be taken and the outcomes of different approaches and, and, and so on i must admit on the odd occasion that i had clients have reservations about my age i used to remind them that that old planner that they used to see is probably close to retirement like they are, whereas I'm young and keen and willing to work with them through their retirement. Greg, again, just from the business side's perspective, like have Tim and Harry brought new skills, new ways of doing things to your business that's had a had a positive impact on the business? Well, one thing we've encouraged them to not just be 
minders in terms of clients to be finders, to use that old expression that, um, you know, uh, any business, especially with an older client profile, for various reasons, clients do come and go. And, you know, if that's 4% a year or what have you, then if you're not putting on more than 4% of new clients, then your business is actually shrinking. So I know it's a bit of an old school term, but prospecting, you know, but being confident about your value proposition and being able to talk about it in your various networks in your um, in your personal life is, is an important skill. But uh, yeah, we've been able to make it work really well uh, commercially and probably the sort of, simpler sort of smaller clients that Tim increasingly is just going to take care of by himself we're probably going to to just continue to uh, to see clients on a joint basis just just reflecting back on the four quarters as well I suppose a, a, a simple way of thinking about it in sort of Q1 and Q2 uh, a professional year candidate is sitting in on the meeting in a way that like a para planner or the client services person may have historically sat in on a, on a client meeting. And then once they've sat and passed the exam and move into Q3 and then Q4, it's more of the, the supervising advisor uh, talking less and, and letting the professional year candidate find their feet. And I guess occasionally make a little error here and there, not an error that's going to uh, impact the client, but you know, you need to, to let people sort of take their trainer wheels off and, and find their own stability in, in the way they deal with people and have fee conversations with clients and deal with issues that crop up from time to time with clients. Yeah, absolutely. And Tim, you mentioned that you did some study through Kaplan to get your 100 hours up. I know we've got a few people going through PY doing their CFP subjects and things. How did you find juggling the study and 1,500 hours of, of work? I didn't find it too onerous. I found that it was just about setting time aside, whether it be a couple of days each month just to set aside for that structured learning. But I think the way Kaplan provides the portal with the study guide and the multiple choice question format, I found it was just another way to increase my skill set. And I think you have enough time within a full year to be able to fit in 25 hours per quarter as long as you're just on top of things. And did you find the exam particularly challenging or difficult? Or you found it okay, given you were kind of working and studying and preparing for it anyway? Well, I think like having the background of the, the graduate diploma of financial planning and also the, the practical skills you were learning throughout the professional year, all that combined to mean that with some good quality study before the exam, you could definitely pass it. And I didn't find the whole exam process too stressful. And have things changed much since you've been off the, the back end of PY and you're doing things yourself or, or is it more or less still part of the process and journey? I'm certainly doing more things by myself if needed. So sometimes I might take client meetings without Greg or complete sort of strategy pre-meeting work and just get a good idea and starting to fill across a lot of the key strategies. And then also just trying to develop my skill set personally. So completing an SMSF accreditation and accreditation in direct shares advice yeah absolutely is there anything else you want to share greg to other businesses that are sort of thinking about bringing on people for py well obviously it's a, it's quite a commitment i was lucky with both harry and tim in that i happened to sort of know them personally and sort of family connection with each of them and so my sort of due diligence on their character and capability was was there and so we were confident to be able to commit the time 
uh, to, to put them through the professional year. I've heard some advisors sort of say, it's a bit like that old saying, what if I train them up and they leave? But the, the counter to that is, uh, what if you don't and they stay? <laughs> so I think uh, you've got to have enough confidence in your practice that you're an employer of choice and that um, if you can have a pathway and potential future equity for these young, uh, bright people in their mid-20s, that it's a process well and truly worth going through. I'd also add that Harry actually moved back to the Brisbane office uh, about the time that he completed the professional year. And whilst he's got good supervision of our general manager of advice, Sally Bell, up in our, our Brisbane office, he's effectively been on his own in the 18 months or two years since he completed his professional year. So I guess... Yeah, we've got examples of both where people are just professional year graduates have just gone off and started looking after clients by themselves. In Tim's case, where we've looked after far more clients than we could individually, uh, and we're doing that on a joint basis. And uh, Tim, have you got any tips or tricks or any encouragement you want to give to young people looking to come into the profession and go through the PYU? Find a good mentor if possible, but I think as well, just be patient with the process. You can't get everything overnight. And one of the sayings Greg usually talks about is people underestimate what they can achieve in the long term, but overestimate what they can achieve in the short term. So just being willing to just stay on the path, be patient. And now looking back at my career so far, I'm finding it very rewarding helping everyday Australians make their financial goals and objectives. And I think the regulations that have been imposed on our industry for most part have been really positive moving forward we'll be more trusted professionals and we'll make sure that clients are getting advice which is in their best interest i think that's a that's a very well-made point tim in that we're you know we are in this transition from a very prescriptive regulatory environment to a professional based environment and the transition you're going through from a PYE perspective is one of the important steps in moving us in that direction and that saying that you said from Greg as well about overestimating what you can do in a single day, but underestimating what you can do in a, in a year or a career. I think uh, very good points as well. I'd like to thank Tim and good luck with your career and well done for getting through the PY year. And Greg, thank you for mentoring new planners coming through and making the effort to grow our planner base. I think it's important that businesses spend the time and an effort to do those things because we are seeing more and more planners leave and we need new generation to come through so thank you on behalf of the profession and on behalf of the fba for making that effort that's great ben my pleasure thank you thanks tim and thanks greg and members if you want to talk about this episode join us in fpa community for any businesses that are looking to bring students through for py years we've got a lot of resources in fpa learn and we're building a portal so that you don't need to do spreadsheets anymore you'll be able to use an actual tool to track through the py year and have all that recorded automatically so lots of great resources that from the fpa that we'd love to talk to you about Uh, but thank you for joining us today on the fpa podcast 